I'm in here. I'm in here. In it to win it. What's happening, my man? Oh, man. It's good. It's good. It's good. Had some leftover uh, dinner from Friday for lunch today. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, leftovers yeah, are the business. And those who don't like leftovers, you'll know what you're missing. Man. Or maybe they do. Or you're just you know what 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 confuses me? That's the term I want to use. Mm-hmm. Who have grown up, um, I would say, working class, and 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 they're they are bougie. <laughs> like I have a couple family members that you know what? Like there was some times where you were. You're struggling, you know. Everybody has. Some people have it for you know long or for longer seasons than other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were struggling, and leftovers was good, but you just stuck your nose up at ah leftovers. <laughs> like, what are you gonna eat in opposed to these leftovers? <laughs> so true, so true. So, uh, I uh, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Because um, there's, uh, I mean, I've grew, I grew up eating leftovers, and I've never really had a problem uh, with eating leftovers. Mm-hmm. In fact, I, it's it's like I'm so bad about uh, that to where if people I meet don't eat leftovers, I think they're crazy. <laughs> 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 like I just like. I just flat out want to put them in a column where it's like, well, you must not grow up on planet Earth because uh, around here, we we leftovers. <laughs> oh, my goodness, bro. My father used to do that, man. My parents worked together, and he would be like, like 24 hours in the refrigerator was too long for him for, for, for food. And, like, I, I feel like I was, like, like my mom's safe haven or like because like she was like like I would be like you don't want no leftovers I'm gonna eat it like you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like it goes to now like I, I ate so much back then like it was nothing uh mm-hmm. I wasn't even forcing myself to eat. I was just like man eat uh pork chops for and I was eating pork then pork pork chops for what yeah <laughs> right and, and loaded mashed potatoes. <laughs> Man, loaded mashed potatoes are the greatest. But it, but seriously, I think we need to start this thing off. Because <laughs> oh, right. we really just, uh, we're just, we just rambling. I might use some of this just because it seems like it's pretty good. Cool, uh, cool, sure. cool. But uh, do like a, you know, like a cold open, that sort of thing. Yeah, but yeah. In any case, uh, that's a, that is too funny. We could probably talk about leftovers for like 20 minutes. Because <laughs> <laughs> it seems like we do have quite the experience with uh, with the eating of the leftovers. Mm-hmm. But in any case, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to be welcomed into issue number one of Theme Music to a Drive-By. <laughs> Pshirum, pshirum. <laughs> so, 
Intro music. I like that intro music. But so I think a lot of people will probably wonder why we want to title it podcast theme music to a drive well why we want to be referencing drive-bys in, in your Ugh. in your podcast because i would i would think the general population will think drive-by um or at least associate the word drive-by with something kind of uh, nefarious like you know shoot up shooting up somebody's house or something that's not what we're trying to do here and i just want to say if you saw Two black guys, and you automatically went to. Oh, they talking about gang violence. No, you are a racist. <laughs> I won't go so far as to call them racist. However, I will say that they are highly misinformed. <laughs> but that's not to say that you can't be both misinformed and racist. But that's not another conversation. <laughs> which kind of goes with yeah. drive-by journalism, which you're about to elaborate on. It does, it does. So, again, drive-bys. So the drive-by we're talking about here is mainly more of a kind of an like informal conversation, which is kind of like a second definition of it, because obviously the first one is uh, much more... Uh, let's see, much more crass, I think, is the word that I would be looking for, maybe. I don't know. But in any case, we're definitely not trying to glorify violence of any kind in this uh, podcast. However, we will probably talk about violence on a number of different levels, just because, you know, humans humans uh, tend to engage in such things. And uh, some of those discussions can be quite informative or at least interesting at least from my point of view. Uh, and I just love war. <laughs> <laughs> As the phrase goes, some people like to watch the world burn. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> that seems to be a a phrase that I use often. It, it is. It is. <laughs> so again, I'm one part of the hosting duties here. My name is Quentin Holmes and my uh, partner in crime here is uh, Mr. Joseph Bowens. How you doing, sir? I am excellent, sir. I'm excellent, Dad. We are doing our first episode, man. And another thing, man, just to elaborate on what you said about uh, the, our title, man. I, I, I did it because I thought how ironic um, it it was how everything just came into play, which mm-hmm. shows prayer works. Because when you told me that drive by or definition of drive by journalism, and I was just like, well, let me see that and let's look it up for myself. And I was just like, that is cool. So, what you said regarding the drive by journalism is just when someone um, reports on something and it usually ends, uh, ends in someone losing their role or some Im- uh, an impact where the person that reported it is just sitting back laughing. And then if you think about it, or I was like, we wanted to have fun when we did this, and we wanted to enlighten people, be informative, because we're two intelligent individuals. And so I just see that we are shaping people's um, perspective and worldview to be whole, because you're probably 
from a different life than us because we're we are from different lifestyles as well and just engaging with somebody that it, it doesn't necessarily shatter your world your perspective of the world but actually makes it whole you know you have your perspective another person's perspective and it gives me our whole um, intention is to provide truth so mm-hmm. for some people and but no matter what we are sitting back laughing while we are shaping <laughs> people <laughs> respect <laughs> oh yeah so the uh <clears throat> I, th- I think that's a pretty really important point you're making as far as uh what we're seeking to do with the with this this journey i guess through podcasting is uh is not only enlighten others but also um grow deeper in friendship with one another and then also you know bring stuff that we're thinking about and enlighten uh each other uh, on topics that that catch our eye, or even experiences that we have, or even that were relayed to us, uh, because uh, you know stories are important. Stories matter. Like we we're quite fond of talking about how um, you know different stories have impacted us, different experiences have impacted us, and I feel like at least in the space of podcasting, there's. Uh, there's room for many more black voices to uh, to take part in that, to to kind of throw their hat in the ring and get that out there. Because um, if anything, we are not <laughs> lacking in the story department. Not at all. Culture. Not at all. <laughs> so uh, again, I I'm actually I'm excited to do this with you. Uh, I'm excited to see where this goes and see where this grows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So people are probably wondering what 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 necessarily. So we gave you the introduction of our podcast. So we are two new friends, and uh, of course, it is pretty interesting of how we how we became friends, and we became friends through work. Mm-hmm. And so that's just basically we're just gonna. Just talk about and probably give each other new information. <laughs> and just talk about like how we became friends. You know how you go you go from those work associates to associate who you probably send you know funny things to off and on to someone that you actually um you know talk about um real um transparent and information regarding your, your life. So mm-hmm. So, Quentin, when you first met me, or when you first came and you saw, you was like, oh, what, what did you see when you saw me? When you was like, was you, what was you like? Well, the, like a lot of times, and at least when you're going about professional stuff, like I've, the one of the first things and I, I thought was, oh, another black person. <laughs> <laughs> I was the only one that did that. <laughs> no, man. <laughs> I guarantee you. I guarantee you. It's the if there was a percentage rate for how many times that occurs between black, at least black folks, I'd I'd wager it's pretty close to a hundred percent. If maybe, <laughs> like I would say, if it's less than ninety seven percent, I'm I'm I'd actually be shocked. <laughs> if and this is even even further because like we both know. Like when you look at like you know CEO boards across the country, there ain't too many black faces up there. So I uh-huh. I have to I have to imagine that at some point, maybe, uh, you know, when other black professionals are going through their professional uh, lives or whatever, they're thinking, 
and they walk into a room or any kind of space and they think, oh my goodness, <laughs> am I like, am I going to be the token <laughs> or am, you know, or who? Yes. There is life on this planet. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, it, like for me, that's certainly a feeling that I had when I walked in was, uh, ooh, another black face. Not that, because mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. even funny to say that too, because I, I do remember having an interview with, uh, well, we'll just say we do have no mutual associate or mutual supervisor that is also of the uh, community <laughs> who, um, you know, who I also interviewed with along with uh, our former uh, supervisor. So, but yeah, that was one of the first things I, I noted when I arrived to our workplace was, uh, was, you know, there was another black face and I was like, okay, thank you, Jesus. I'm not the only one. And then, so like, what did you, uh, what were your opinions? Like, how did you feel when I, um, at least my first day at work? <laughs> you know that, um, uh, there's, uh, the movie Adam Sandler and Jack Nicholson, Anger Anger Management. So mm-hmm. there's a scene when Jack Nicholson is in the restaurant and Adam Sandler walks in and he's like, and Adam Sandler looks at Jack Nicholson. He does this creepy laugh and he's like nodding mm-hmm. in, in in agreement to to, <laughs> to the moment. And he's just like, yeah. that was me yeah. like in my head. Of course, that wasn't my actual voice, but in my head because they didn't tell me. So I felt like a kid at Christmas, you know, you know, you tell tell your parent what you want and then they like we ain't gonna get you that we ain't, you ain't got no money for that and then, then you go Christmas and you're like oh they got money for it yeah. that's how it was man I was like I saw you walk in I was like yeah and another thing too another thing is also I felt like that was my like I, I and you, you mentioned that going into work you uh you look for you no know, black faces, and I thought, and I said, I thought I was the only one. Another thing, and to support that, is that if you realize that you are the only one, and then your direct immediate supervisor, you know, hires someone else black, I believe that is a it is a representation of your work mm-hmm. because it is. Uh, and because you know that is a, it's, it's, it's a situation for some people it may be venomous in regards to not hiring some people of African descent and some people is just they just don't think about it because I know I've had mm-hmm. friends where we are in like uh, racial reconciliation um, programs and mm-hmm. they'll and my friend will tell me he'll be like man Joseph I did not know that and I never thought about that because I didn't know and so I, I believe it's like one of those things that like when you when you're doing good work, they're like, why don't we have more people that look like Joseph here or whatever that person's <laughs> name? You know what I mean? And then because yeah. they didn't. So so I think that that was that's, that was the second thing I thought about, you know, other than me being like, all right. I was like, I was like, OK, I know they didn't have no rabbit before me at, at all. Mm-hmm. So that's like. They're actually looking at it. So, yeah, that was my key thing. Because <clears throat> hmm. that was something. Because um, I don't think I've ever really thought about it like that. 
and that could be like that could just be the types of uh you know places that I used to work at previously mm-hmm. where there was some sort of like multi ethnic diversity there so like for these so for the people that don't know for my personal background like i uh, I spent time in the military, which is highly diverse at least. Uh, on the low end anyways once you're talking about like uh um like what what i call worker b <laughs> worker b classes i guess uh so like most of the enlisted folks are majority and this is just both not only um the branch of the service that i was in which was the marine corps but also like some things that i've witnessed across the board as far as all four services mm-hmm. a lot of the lower uh rungs of uh or so you have two classes, mm-hmm. enlisted and officer. So in your enlisted side, there's a lot more diversity than there is on the officer side. So like, um, and then when you break it down to like ground side um, troops versus air, air side troops or even supply troops. Um, I don't know if supply side works. In any case, <clears throat> uh, the diversity that I witnessed on the enlisted side was very much uh, representative of, or actually it was probably more so representative because I think there's been studies that say like, you know, most of the services are made up of, you know, uh, black and brown folks as opposed to like say generations past where it was kind of a, you know, we're more, uh, I don't know, I guess more of the more non-minority folks were, also in that same mix too but yeah and i didn't know that until you brought your your military yearbook and i was and you educated me with that knowledge i didn't know that mm-hmm. yeah most of the folks that i said so like my platoon was mostly black and hispanic or latino latinx uh latinx the latino men you know what i'm saying yeah. so um and so like that was uh but all of my drill instructors, every last, all four of them were white, were white guys. And this is nothing against those guys, but um, that, like, even when you look at it that way, like, if those drill instructors were representative of the uh, officers that I would eventually meet in the fleet, like, once I got out of boot camp and out of my uh, training schools and stuff like that, like, there were still very few, like, officers that were, like, not white guys, uh, and so, like, even, and I know for a fact, those guys, whenever they saw black faces, they was like, yeah, you know what's up. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and they would, a lot of them would, would do what they could to try to help you out and stuff like that. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and I just so, want to I mean, say, it's... in addition to Quentin also being in the, from the military, you know, he also has a very, you know, just, he has some experience in regards to on basically every topic, every political topic. And then that's one of the things that I that I thought was was cool as we were transitioning to 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 on the friend level when you when you told me just different things regarding your life, I was just like, Man, mm-hmm. this guy is like like just from a standpoint of something it's it's interesting because you almost have especially in in 
in like politics, media now, and just things that are debated, you have something that you can reference almost like with anything. And so it's like, mm-hmm. so anything, so I say that to audience. And we gather whether people are listening straight on when this is released, or people that come back and just like, man, those guys are good. Let me go back to see. <laughs> like, like whatever Quentin <laughs> speaks on, um, unless he prefers with, I don't know this. I don't. I mean, I don't have any uh, point of reference for this. He is he's he has a point of reference. I'm not going to detail now because that's up to his decision if he releases whatever on our podcast. But yeah. I just wanted to say that. Thanks, man. I mean, it. Um, experience counts. Experience matters. Like, knowledge turns to wisdom if you share it. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you don't, then it's, there's no point. Basically, I guess what I'm trying to say is there's no point in hoarding knowledge. <laughs> like, because I know, at least in our culture, it's, you know, there's very, I feel like there's this, there's this real big, uh, you know, feeling that you you know whatever knowledge you have you should keep it because you know somebody's going to take what's yours or try to you know screw you over or something which there might be something to that i don't know but at least for me um i've always been interested in the knowledge from other people um because that stuff i know that stuff helps me on uh, lots of different levels so i want to at least try to do that for other people um just because maybe, you know, maybe maybe some of the nonsense that I'll say, <laughs> every, you know, will we'll end up being uh, something wise for somebody else, you know, so. And, man, I also have to say, so when was the time that I, that like, that you knew for me that you was like, man, this, this guy is a friend. I'll let you know when I knew that you were a friend. The first time, I would say the first, was when, mm-hmm. so, so Quentin was having some trouble with work, and I would be like, and they would be in, we'd be in meetings, and they'll be like, ah, we'll have to let Quentin go and just say all this stuff, and I'll be like, and it, it was more than, than just like, than like, I gotta save the other black guy, like, it was more than, mm-hmm. it was more than that. And I would come home and I'll tell my wife and I would be like, I was like, man, I was like, I was like, they all, they all, they're trying to get Quentin to go and like he's trying, I know he's trying. And so it was like, I would, like I told myself, I was like, I was like, you know what, I'm going to help, I'm going to help him, and then I'm going to learn how he thinks. And so that was that. And I don't know if you remember this, um, mm-hmm. it was pivotal for me because I remember like while I was like working with you on some on something. And then like, I was watching you, and that's one thing that I can say on both of us. We we both agree that we we both are Yodas. It, it was like <laughs> I, pay attention, I pay attention to people's mannerism. So like I would notice mm-hmm. like that when you were like you were looking at something and you were like tapping your mouse, but it was like you were you were concentrating. So I was like, he's not he's he's a person that needs time and like if he feels like he's getting being rushed or whatever it's not that he's like you know what f y'all f this work i ain't gonna do it's not that it's just that you were like Mm -hmm. like you told me about it you you eventually told me about it when you were like um i I forgot what you you came to my desk and you said and we were talking about something but you were like you was like when you were in the military 
you had to get it done, but it wasn't like someone brief. It wasn't like, how did you describe it? So a lot of times when you get set tasks in the military, there's, you know, there's, there's time constraints on some of those things, mm-hmm. but for the most part, they're just looking for the result. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and so that's, that's the way I've operated my, my entire life, even before I even joined the military. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, I'm very much single task driven. Mm-hmm. It's not that I can't juggle multiple tasks, but I won't confront those multiple tasks item by item. And I can't, cause I can't work. I work a little bit here and then I work a little bit here. Cause that it'll just confuse the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and then I'll get nothing done because I'll have all these open projects, which will, which to when my brain sees that it doesn't know which category <laughs> is the high priority. Cause it's like, well, uh, <clears throat> You've like we've got all these boxes open. Which which is the actual box we should be working in? Like that sort of thing. Mm. Um, so like um, I, from what I can recall, I think my that's what I was trying. That's what I was saying to you is like, look, I'm I'm very single task driven. Like I'm I don't do well with people coming to me saying, hey, I gave you fourteen things. Why is only seven of those things done? Like because it's like. <laughs> If you give me time, I'll get every single one of those things done, and they'll be done correctly into a high degree of, uh, you know, of, of um, completion. Like, yeah. but you can't give me stuff. Uh, yeah, or you know, I'm cool with you come and say, "Hey, what's your progress looking like?" Because then I'll tell you, "All right, cool. Yeah. Don't come, but just don't come and be like, yo, I gave you those seven things like an hour ago.'" <laughs> <laughs> You know why aren't all of them done yet? <laughs> and that was the cool thing, man, because I was like, like for me personally, like just looking on myself, it, um, I just know like I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have like put in that time. And I just remember, uh, I was just been like, huh, I think this guy mm-hmm. has a, as a friend, like because like I'm putting in, and and it was sometimes I was getting frustrated. But when we had that conversation, I was like, it's not, that's not, everyone's different. And one of the things I know mm-hmm. that, that, that sometimes for me is that I can adapt to something, even if it's something that like, like that sometimes I know that somebody like, no, that's not me. I, I can do it. And there's the other times like I can adapt to it. And so like at work, I'm like that. And I was like, when you when you explained that to me, I was like, you know what? I was, I was like, man, Quentin's not adapting, adapting to it, and he's not doing it, this. And then when you broke that down to me, I was like, which is, I'm gonna tell you what, I admit this: if it wasn't for marriage, I wouldn't understand what you you explaining that to me. Like marriage mm-hmm. has helped me to be like, people are different, and mm-hmm. they need different environments. They need like different jobs and and so when you explained that to me i was like that's quentin like that's i can't mm-hmm. i can't be mad at quentin i can't be like be confused like he knows his abilities he ex- he actually explained his abilities so i just was just like huh and i just thought that was like that was that was just cool that i was like you know, took back and just assembled that and then you informed me mm-hmm. that and so yeah that was like a building point for me 
What about you, man? Well, I'm glad. Well, it's. Uh, I want to say I'm glad that that was a a positive step towards friendship, or at least a, a an indication that I would make a good friend mm-hmm. or um, friend connection. Let's put it that way. Because um, I mean, it's. Uh, um. I honestly don't know where my my brain is going now. So <laughs> I'm just going to answer you. I know, right? <laughs> Squirrel. <laughs> but no, so um to answer your question, what where was the indication of potential friendship from me to you? Mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh yeah, I think it was either around that point or maybe before when I really started to know that you were uh, opening up more. Mm-hmm. Like as far as your, uh, you weren't keeping me at as much of a distance <laughs> <laughs> as, uh, you know, as like, you know, when you do whenever you, Meet with, someone. you know, yeah. In a prof- yeah, when you're in a professional environment, because, you know, you know, as well as I do, like there's people, you know, you can kind of be cool with and then there's people that you just strictly nah this is strictly business <laughs> like, right. and so like um for me i like i know within uh, a lot of times when i know how i can be or i know the difference between those two avenues within the first week that i'm speaking with somebody mm. now i will can i can like i have this I don't know if you can call it talent or whatever, but I have this talent to where I can literally keep everybody in the same bucket. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, when I'm in a group setting, you know, mm-hmm. to like at work or whatever, and we can all be cool and we can all can joke, joking stuff around. Uh, but there's only certain people that will actually be in the actual, <laughs> like they'll be in the circle. Mm-hmm. And so like, uh, <clears throat> just because I don't really have a whole lot of bandwidth for mm-hmm. having a whole bunch of friendships and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, I think with us, one of the things I noted was when, whenever I realized that you started to put the, the guard, the professional guard down, mm-hmm. that was when um, I knew we, there was at least a potential for uh, a deeper friendship there. Cause then it, it went from, Hey man, Hey, how you doing to, uh, even you know indications like hey if you wanted to hang out later outside of work we can do that (laughs) (laughs) so i was like hey i'm cool with that so and then people ask hmm. how you how your family doing hey mama yeah (laughs) (laughs) like that michael mike epps hey hey, what's happening man (laughs) what's happening tony (laughs) like that but no man what I mean. <laughs> where's the chicken where's the chicken <laughs> oh my goodness man. It's, it's so funny what you say <laughs> No, I was just gonna say. Obviously, he's not talking about chicken, right? But, right. You know, <laughs> if you didn't see the stand up, you know what the deal is. Oh my goodness, man, he's totally underrated, man. He is. He's he totally. Is. Underrated. He's good. But who, yeah, man. So, who, like, uh, who would you say is your favorite? Your favorite comedian? 
Dave Chappelle, man. Dave Chappelle. Hands down. Yeah. Like now, my favorite underrated comedian. Ooh, now see, that's a that's whole other yeah, yeah. yeah, That's a whole other <laughs> conversation. That's hard. Because, uh, like, the funny, like, I don't know, though, like, because a lot of, there's a lot of, like, I find all comedians enjoyable and funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, some of them connect more than others. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's easy to be like, oh, yeah, Dave Chappelle was my favorite because, like, he's literally everybody's favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I do, I remember watching his younger, like, watching him as he came up and stuff. And that was, uh, like, his insights are the things that get, that get me every mm-hmm. time. So, like, his punchlines are great, but, like, the small stuff in between there is what really gets me. And uh, and like watching how, or at least listening and hearing how his brain works. I love to catch him live, like not in a, like at a small stage or something. Yeah. But I will. I don't think I'll ever be, you know, in a position to do that. At least not right now. Anyways, but. Well, uh, once I once 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 my income increases. I'll make sure I get some tickets for both of us to see. <laughs> I already can tell you right now, but before I tell you who's my favorite, my mm-hmm. favorite comedian, I would say, you know what I realized? I would say because mm-hmm. Dave Chappelle finds a way to 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 speak politics mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. make you laugh. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that I would I would put Chris Rock doing the same thing before Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. I just don't for some reason which which confuses which I don't understand. I had to do like a like a social study. I, I guess just ask more people who appreciate comedy because because mm-hmm. uh, um, Chris Rock is hilarious, man. And he did some of the yes. same things on a larger. Larger stage, uh, while Dave Chappelle was still young, mm-hmm. uh, cause like yeah, he's a, he's a um, he's like, and so that's a good point, at least for the difference between Rock and Chappelle. Um, whereas the, and so the way I would categorize him is, whereas Rock definitely gets a lot of the technical stuff down. Mm-hmm. As far as the technical points of uh, comedy, and what I mean, like he his set, like his setups for jokes are fantastic. Man, they're they're, uh, and it's not that he doesn't. And I don't. The, so the next comment I'm going to make is going to be like, um, Chappelle is a lot more brainy than Rock, mm. as far as like how he. As as so as like the topics and how he expresses or even sets up the topic for a joke, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> whereas Rock is a lot more everyman and a lot more like he's a lot more wider consumption where people can get it uh, from top to bottom. Whereas with Dave, I think his is maybe a bit more high. Who, are you saying or like vocabulary? Or are you talking about? <laughs> well, no, like if, from like a from like an intellectual standpoint, because I don't want to make it seem like I'm saying Chris Rock is dumb. That's (laughs) that's not what I'm trying to say at all. (laughs) You know, because like he, I think Chris Rock is highly intelligent um, and you can't listen to his standup and not, and not think that at all. But I do think, are you saying like he, like Chris Rock in, in regards to, to levels of um, probably experiences like life situations, 
Dave Chappelle speaks on you know national national and then while Chris Rock he'll speak to you on like more direct interactions like more from yeah well his I think Rock's comedy is more direct whereas Dave's is a little more uh he's trying to he's trying to go deeper <laughs> deeper into the into us they're like they could talk about the same subject and make some similar points but Dave gets there from a deeper point than Rock does. Yeah. If that makes sense. I, I think I got to get what you're saying because it's like, like Dave Chappelle, like his, his stand-ups in my perspective are, is like a preacher sermon. Like, you know, like you'd be hearing a preacher, he'll talk about like three different points and then you'd be like, man, what the heck is he talking about? And then by the time he gets to the last bit, like, oh, this actually makes sense. That's, that's what this guy was talking about. I was like, what mm-hmm. this guy talking about? Uh, yeah. That's that's what I feel like about Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Like Chris Rock is just like man, it's just hilarious, man. Like when he talks about N words and black people, have you heard this that that's that's <laughs> yeah dude yeah bitches. Oh my good Yeah, every time. Oh my good. So like here's how I caught like here's how I would think of uh comics. If I'm compare like the comparison between Rock and Chappelle mm-hmm. is kind of like comparing, say, Eddie Murphy and uh, uh, Richard Pryor. Mm-hmm. So the difference between the two, where Eddie was like in your face, and he's at least obviously young Eddie. We talking about we ain't talking about new Eddie right. uh, or old Eddie, but uh, the difference between Eddie Murphy and um, Richard Pryor was. Uh, was I think in the the same way that I would think of Chappelle and Rock, to where like yeah they'll both talk about the same things and both of them are kind of in your face with some of the way some of the things that they're expressing mm-hmm. or some of the topics they're expressing, but <clears throat> um, one comic is able to get there a lot more tradition or not traditionally but a lot more. Uh, directly than the other comic so the other comic goes a lot more deeper as far as like uh intellectual things or even just like um <clears throat> yeah I, I have no clue what i'm <laughs> Now I'm just trying to sound smart. Now I'm trying to be a Mr. Smarty Pants. So I'll just stop my Smarty Pants and just, and, uh, just say, yeah. My favorite <laughs> is Eddie Murphy, bro. <laughs> favorite Eddie Murphy. Like, how I depict my life. I like, I like, I like, uh, to probably to what you were, were, were getting at in regards to Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle being different. I love, like, a comedian that talks about childhood. I like, Comedians that talk about like average things. I mean, all my my whole mm-hmm. laughter can be summed up in probably a good example of it would be Lavelle Crawford. And he was talking about he said he said yeah. he said his my woman asked me he was like when I go to when 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 I go to sleep I be thinking about making love to Denzel and then she she asked me who you be thinking about Halle Berry he said. Mm-mm. Vivica Fox, mm-mm. who you be thinking about? Tracy? I can't remember what the girl woman's name he said, but let's just say Tracy. She's like, who's Tracy? <laughs> Tracy from the club? I can't get with Halle Berry, but I can get with Tracy. Like, that's funny. 
Like that's some like <laughs> like that's really, like that's some real stuff. Like so that's why I love Eddie Murphy, yeah. bro. Like he there's, just feels like right. like from the ice cream in Delirious, the ice cream story, to <laughs> to his <laughs> uncle Gus putting all the the lighter fluid on the barbecue. Oh my goodness, bro! Like I can watch Delirious, bro, and instantly, and instantly, like and instantly feel better. Like I had a rough day. A couple weeks ago, it was just like I, I went, I listened to it, got in the shower, turned on Delirious, and was like a whole new person. <laughs> oh man, my favorite is uh, Dave Chappelle's "Killing mm. Him Softly." What's all on that one? What's all on oh, that? Oh my one? gosh! What's this? What's the... So that's so like that's the one that has uh, him getting taken to the hood <laughs> by his driver. <laughs> Uh, so he has a skit where he's talking about this. Uh, he has mm-hmm. this limo driver after this uh, stand-up mm-hmm. show, and he's like, he's in D.C. or around the D.C. area, <clears throat> and he's talking about how he like the difference between uh, some sections of the city and the other sections of the city. So basically, like the rich part and the poor part, or AKA the white mm-hmm. part and the rich <laughs> part. <laughs> and so he's like. He's like, yo, you ever been taken to the hood before? You know what I'm saying? You guys, like, things start getting different. And it is immediately known by the, uh, <laughs> by your surroundings. He's like, you know, you start, he's like, you start riding around some places. You're like, oh, man, this is a nice area. You know what I'm saying? Some areas, you were like, you, you look out the window, you see a gun store, liquor store, gun store, liquor store. <laughs> hey, man, where you taking me? <laughs> <laughs> so, and so he, he said that. That set up to him being taken to the hood, and he's witnessing all mm-hmm. of these terrible things from the inside of this stretched limo, which and nobody can like. I, even to this day, it still cracks me up that in the middle of his segment, I'm still sitting here thinking like, so he's telling this story as a character from the inside of a limousine <laughs> in the middle of the hood. <laughs> witnessing all this uh stuff that happens in the hood so he's like yo i'm sitting there watching these uh crackheads uh you know popping up <laughs> looking in the window <laughs> asking for stuff stealing stuff you know people getting robbed he was getting shot he's like he was even a baby selling crack ah, you know what i think I, now that was coming to mind now, now when you said that that's what it's the click <laughs> oh man yeah and so that that's the that's the big joke in the show. And so that obviously some of the other ones is like him and his friends. Like one time he he's hanging out with his his mm-hmm. white friend Neil, talking about how, uh, <laughs> or even just you know the white dude in general. And he goes through this uh, series of segments where he's like, "Yo, I'm riding with my buddy, and uh, he's got." He's got this nice car and we're driving around and we drunk. He's drunk. I'm high mm-hmm. in the passenger side. <laughs> and he's like, we had a stoplight and this guy, uh, <laughs> this other car or this cop, is he the other car mm-hmm. or a cop pulls up next to him? And he says, my buddy Neil looks at me and says, race <laughs> and they had a red light. And he's like, now he was like, you know me. <laughs> He's like, I'm not, I'm not one to be trying to tell people what they can and can't do. So, like, you know, he looked at me and asked. I thought what I might have told him was, "Hey, man, that's not a good idea." But what actually came out was, "Well, <laughs> 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 that's 
<laughs> he said, because uh, that one is the dude's name is Chip. He's like, so the, the light turns red, the light turns green, and Chip smashes the gas, and we pull it off. Skrr! Zigzagging through traffic. He's like, get pulled over by cops. And then the, the cop is like, what are you doing back there? He's like, uh, he says his white friend replies to the cop, I oh, I'm that. sorry, sir. I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to do that. Said, I didn't know. Okay, you can say that. He's like, <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that. Way. Oh, that. Man. That's that's. I, I love that, that talk about like <laughs> like the difference between like black and white lifestyles lifestyles like like uh, Eddie Murphy when he talks about uh, you know going abroad into somebody else's when they used to do that thing in the eighties where you go stand in another person's uh, <laughs> like think about that now that's very creepy like. <laughs> Man, there's a lot of stuff that used to happen when we was little that you cannot do today. <laughs> yeah, when he, that makes Whoa, me laugh. When he's, no, like, no. he's like, he's like, my little boy was like, "Come on, dad, shit, come on, damn, damn, I'm trying my hardest." He said, "If I was trapped there with my dad, like, come on, dad," he said, "You'd be like, crazy." And then Mike Epps when he talks about, uh, he's like. Kids, y'all be ready. Your uh, boyfriends, y'all kids be ready to kill y'all. I, I told you and dad, I want my bike out the shop. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, right. That's hilarious. Hilarious. Oh my goodness. Hey, what? 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 Oh, are there some more friend stuff you wanted to talk about? Hmm. Some more friends. <clears throat> well, you got to have friends. <laughs> now, yeah, I figure we'll be talking about music. Uh, I know you you are a, a very kindred soul in the fact that you enjoy the uh, the music. The exactly. music tunes of everything. That's our friendship, man. Like uh, you tell me, you know, I can tell you about a punk rock artist I'm listening to, and vice versa, and so like, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So I think the uh, we'll have we'll definitely have plenty of topics to discuss uh, for sure. But yeah, like you know, I think now that I think about it too, that was another reason why I thought we would get along well was. Uh, Music, music tastes, music tastes are wide and varied. Like I've, um, <clears throat> of course, I know my my tastes and what they equal out to, but uh, it's not every day you do find, you know, not to say that there aren't black people that do enjoy lots of wide, varied music tastes, but um, not too many of them are telling you about it. <laughs> they they ain't volunteering that information, um, but. When I found out like some of the artists and stuff that you like, that was one of the things I was like, okay, <laughs> check, checking the uh, positive friend column <laughs> instead of you know because I know you know mm-hmm. I know you have people in your circle 
that are like you tell them about an artist or somebody that you listen to, they're like, I'm gonna be honest. They give you that. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> I don't know who, <laughs> who on the planet Earth you are talking about. <laughs> and why man, I got associates that? like that, man, and that's why <laughs> that's why they in the associate realm, bro. Because I'll be like, man, I, I ain't got time. I ain't got time for you to tell me. Like, man, ain't nobody listening to that, man. People do listen to that. I'm just not gonna talk to you with you. Right, right, right. That's cool. So man. yeah, you know. Yeah, man. That was so. Yeah, so that's be that'll be some of the things we talk about. We'll talk about music. Um, you know, uh, probably with COVID nineteen existing and its impact on on the economy, we'll we'll speak on that and um, things we just both intuitive individuals always seeking more knowledge, and so we might present carry something from our mm-hmm. personal conversations here on the podcast, sports. Um, by the way, sports. People talking about all this. It's Michael Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance. You know how I feel about that. <laughs> oh my gosh. People are going people are going bananas Bro, and oranges right now. Like it's a it's only extending the love affair of uh Michael Jordan uh fans out there. Which is, you know, which is appropriate. I get it, dude. Yeah. Dude was greatness in his sport, for sure. And you can't take nothing away from that. Um, <clears throat> man, I have a friend, a social uh, of mine, man. But, he, I told him he, he he did like how Key did angry Obama. He's the intelligent Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> because he broke down what I've been trying to say in arguments for the last two years. He said... About Michael Jordan and LeBron James. So I said, I told him, well, you know my friend. So my two things regarding Michael Jordan is one, I do mm-hmm. respect him for what he did. I do believe that he, you know, um, he did accomplish many things and in the basketball realm. Uh, I believe that anybody that's a player now, if they traded places and was in Michael Jordan's era, they would ex- would have the same success because uh, the players that were super quote unquote superstars back then were big men. So your power forwards and centers. So you have a six six man that's coming leaping and agile as Michael Jordan. Right, they're going to have a different success. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I think Michael. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think LeBron James is just a freak of nature. Like this whole championship. Bro, it's just a freak of nature, man. Like with assists, points, boards, like he's a freak of nature. And for people just to seclude, just to minimize his greatness to just championships, that that means that Michael Jordan's been not the great Bill Bill Russell is. But but what my what my well, they here's the thing. Well, no, no, I do. I agree with you 100 percent that they're missing a they're missing a key component as far as like the argument between LeBron James and Jordan is uh, like if Jordan played in today's era, he yeah, he would probably like if Jordan. Matter of fact, I would just be real. If Jordan played in today's era, Mm -hmm. he would just be Kobe Bryant. (laughs) Like a better version of Kobe Bryant, which is crazy. And you can't tell. I guarantee you, you can't tell that to nobody <laughs> on the streets right now. They'll they'll lose their mind. But um, seriously though, like 
the I agree with you. The point of championships entering the conversation is important mm-hmm. and should be when you're talking about, you know, individual player greatness. But, like, football has explained to me many, many times, championships mm-hmm. are a team. Uh, that's a team. That, like, that's, that involves the entire team. Now, granted, basketball, the difference between basketball and football is in fo- basketball, individual players matter a lot more than in football. Um because you got 22 players on the field at any time in football, as opposed to <laughs> only like 10 <laughs> in basketball. So like, yeah, it makes sense as more as like individual players would matter more in basketball as opposed to football. Uh, but still to me, that still doesn't change the fact that championships by in on some level are a lot more um, in the, indicative of team success as opposed to individual success. But, hey, who am I to make that argument to a lot of people who say Jordan is a great but this is, but this is what he said. <laughs> this is what my associate, he's becoming a friend too. But this is what he said. He said, he said, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan is, now I gotta think of it because it's been a week. Now I gotta think of it. <laughs> he said, he said, well, it was Sunday, <laughs> matter of fact. He said, Michael Jordan is the is the greatest. That's what he said. He said Michael Jordan is the greatest talent that we've seen. LeBron James is the greatest athlete we've ever seen in basketball. I was like, dude, you just basically, yes, that's, yes. Because the, bro, he's 6'8", and he moves like he's six foot. The dude, and oh, and that was the other that was yeah. the other point he made with when he made that separation, that difference. He says if you put Michael Jordan on a team, on a bad, horrible team, Michael Jordan's going to get his, but that team is still going to be horrible. And and then he he referenced the different times when when they uh, when they weren't good, you know, like when they had just Tony Kukoc or um, before, yeah, before he, he got go Scotty, yeah. and you know. <clears throat> And he said, he said, but if you put LeBron James on a team, LeBron James is going to make that team better. <laughs> and I was like, dude, you basically, like, I was like, where have you been the last two years that I've been arguing this with people? Because I was just like, that's exactly it. No, true. So true. So the, uh, I agree. I've agreed with that 100%. Um <clears throat> Because it's an argument that I've made on several occasions. Like, <clears throat> LeBron James, if you look at the teams mm-hmm. LeBron James took to the finals, oh, my. Like, literally, the best ones are the mm-hmm. ones that he had in Miami. And then, even then, some of those rosters, whoo, yeah, like, if it wasn't for Chris uh, Bosh and Dwayne Wade, you like, oh, my God, why are these dudes even? <laughs> like, how did Man. these dudes make the finals? But, like, that first team that LeBron took to the NBA Finals yes. and the Spurs and got boo out, uh, that team Burn. had no business being – if I remember correctly, Ira – He was, like, 23, even that, though, bro. Yeah, still, that team had <laughs> Ira Nubel, Danielle Marshall. What you're saying <laughs> is they had janitors <laughs> on their on they it's like that team that I oh, took bro. to the final. That man. was unreal. Like, 
instant. Yeah, that team yeah. lost to the Spurs too. By the looking way, back, <laughs> looking back on, oh, was it the Lakers? No, the no, La- no, no, it was the Lakers. That was the Lakers. Ba- oh yeah, I forgot. That was the yeah. infamous Robert. That team I mean, that- stepped over. Uh, not Robert Horry. Who was that? Tyron Lue. Yes, Tyron. Ty- Dude, I bet you if Tyrone Lou uh, was married back then, yeah. his wife said, You can't come home today. <laughs> like that man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> seriously. But no, dude, like so so yeah, I do agree with you. Like the uh people can have Michael Jordan as the greatest of all time. He won't right. be mine. He won't be on my that's the thing uh, though, bro. Like that's what like that's just it's just amazing, bro. Like I think, like when you look at, like just, just, it's just like no. This is kind of like something we talked about. You and I talked about the other day. It's just like after a while, like you just can't, you just can't argue with people. Just be like, all right, that's your perspective. Like, bro, he came in as a mm-hmm. high schooler, and he had to wait. There was mm-hmm. a video I saw months back. It was remember Deacon Miles, that that tall, lanky dude, dark skin dude. He played on the Clippers, and he was on the, uh, was it? Yeah, Dar- Darius yeah. Miles. Yeah, Darius Miles and yeah. Keith Richardson. Mm-hmm. He he came out of the uh, high school too. And I can't think of who was the other person that was also on the uh, on the Cavaliers when he got drafted. They had no respect for him. They basically admitted that they was going to body him because if you think about it. No, the earlier earlier two thousand basketball wasn't as physical as the eighties, yet it was physical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. late nineties, early two thousands, you bro. were still getting hit with elbows. Shaq was killing them <laughs> in the paint. Like... Yeah, before he stopped, you know, <laughs> yeah. before he stopped working out. <laughs> we do not want to look at dude. <laughs> to this day. To this day, there's a friend of mine that uh, swear like when you talk about greatest players of all time, mm-hmm. and anytime somebody mentions Shaq, he pops a blood vessel because <laughs> he's like he did. He just stopped working out. He could have been the greatest singer of all time. Dude, but he that that out. them Celtics years. Oh my goodness! I did not think a man oh could look bad in a in a basketball uniform. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my god! Right. But yeah, bro, like oh they were bodying him. They were just like, he's not gonna, he's not gonna be nothing. And they impressed, like he impressed them because of his work ethic and because he was just, he was just great, bro. Like the man is great, bro. Like his average, his average points. I'm not a, per- I'm not gonna speak on on um statistics that I don't have for me and I don't want to interrupt the recording with going on a different to make sure mm-hmm. I'm not going but I mean it is what it is. This is our junk. You can do what you want, man. I make it do what it do then. What's it off of life? Right. I make it do what it do right. man. But uh bro like his oh, average gosh. to Michael Jordan are the same. He has more mm-hmm. um, NBA. What's it called? The best NBA player of the year. That award that they give MVP of the year. He has more than Michael mm-hmm. Jordan, bro. Like yeah. his assists exceed Michael Jordan. Like where he was when he was in his thirties, I believe. I can't remember what age it was. It was like twenty eight or thirty. 
his his points and his achievements was greater than Michael Jordan, like excluding championships because you know those people that go to championships. And that's the thing, like mm-hmm. it's bizarre. There was well, not Darius. I keep want to say Darius. Who is Darius that I keep on want to call? <laughs> what's that? What's uh? <laughs> what's the power forward? Uh, Draymond Green. He got whooped by oh LeBron when he made the Cavaliers better. And the first thing he does is not call his mama, not get cuddled by his woman. He calls Kevin Durant and says, you have to come here. No lie. That's what Draymond said. That's what KD said. He said, as soon as they lost, Green called him up and said, man, you got to come here. He's like, if you come here, we know we can beat LeBron. Dude, no, I'm telling you. The look, the whole this, the there's. Here's how you define greatest NBA players of their time. When they start trying to make rules <laughs> to uh, prevent team, or like when teams either like when they start making rules to prevent you from doing stuff, man, you know you own to something. You know what I'm saying? So like with every era, there's been at least one player that's kind of influenced. Uh, you know, like. The NBA in that kind of way, um, and LeBron is certainly one of those guys. Like, there's dude went to eight straight NBA eight finals. Straight, like that's eight, like eight, eight or nine straight NBA finals. That's nobody's done that since bro. the eighties. And then on top of that, bro, like you have to look at it. And people like talk about him not being like not beating the Warriors, bro. One. What's that uh, Australian guy that used to that was their point guard when when Kyrie got hurt? Oh, Matthew, he's still a point guard. Yeah. his name is Matthew Delavadova. What was you about to say? And for those listeners out there, I'm just going to try to educate listeners. For those listeners out there, yes, I am a Cavs fan. Yes, I was born in the state of Ohio, and no, I do not like the Ohio State Buckeyes. I'm gonna put that out there. Right so, go ahead and tell them who's your favorite college team. Go ahead and tell them. I mean, we're not going to go there because, you know, that ain't nothing to be bragging about right now. They kind of suck. But <laughs> but re- real talk, like, there's – yeah, Matthew Delavadova. Like, the main reason they lost that series was because uh, bro, Kyrie got like, hurt. Like, the fact that Period. he basically carried them, like, yeah, they still lost. He was averaging a triple double during the finals, bro. Like there was serious consideration that he could have won the MVP on the losing, on the losing team. Dog. The only dude, there's only been one dude that's done some stuff like that in the NBA history. You wonder who that dude is? <laughs> Jerry West, logo. aka bro, the logo. And on top of that, bro, he played every oh. position, every position in that series. I'm just saying, man, there's a lot of, like, if people really want to make a case for it, they could put LeBron James the player of all time. I mean, I'm not going to try to be the one to convince him because, you know, America and everything. But But if anybody ever asked me, it's not, like, I'm not even going to hesitate. Like, my favorite player of all time. And that's the thing, bro. Like, imagine, like, like, someone said to argue to me, like, said to me, they was like, man, LeBron would, like, he wouldn't be able, that's what they said. They said he wouldn't be able to handle uh, Michael Jordan's era. Dude was much smaller than he is now 
when he was in the early when he was in the early two thousands getting bodied and he survived. No, the the all I have to tell them is this: like, hey, does anybody remember what uh what um uh Carl Malone looked like when Michael Jordan was playing? Because that's basically <laughs> right. LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> like, a slower like, version, a slower yeah. version Man. of LeBron James, mind you, but still LeBron James. Like literally, like yeah, LeBron had to play a different position in Michael Jordan's era, but make no mistake about it. Like if he, if this dude played in that era, whew, they would be. Um, mm, I, I don't know, man. I saw all I, all I know is. They would have had to make room for another Bro, superstar. I'm trying era. to take and just because he he knows how to he knows how to um, sell fouls now doesn't mean that he wouldn't be able to take a foul then. Because I believe he just knows. He's like, look, in this day and age, I can sell a foul. That's all I need to do. Cool. I think he'd be ready to body people. Like if he, I think you put LeBron James on, like I don't know why he hasn't done Russell Park yet. Because you remember that used to be the thing, like. Superstars had to go to Rock Park because mm-hmm. I remember when Kobe Bryant, when the video uploaded on YouTube of Kobe Bryant going to Rock Park, dude, I was like, they went to Rock Park. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, well, I think, see, I think the difference between Kobe and LeBron is like Kobe is a jump. That's true for basketball. LeBron likes bat. Le- LeBron loves basketball, yeah, yeah. but he's that's not a that great serious. observation. Like <laughs> to be going to that's Rucker a great Park. observation. Um, because like. Because LeBron does a lot more other things outside of basketball, which is, if you ask me, that's why he's in LA now. But that's a whole different conversation too. Um, and so, like, you know, because he's got he's at TV, he's into TV and all this yeah. other entertainment stuff. Um, and so that's going to be another reason why he is like that's a reason why LeBron has a, a lot of influence in the NBA with a lot of younger players is because. He's showing them that they can do a lot more than yeah. just be a basketball player. Like, <laughs> um, and that's different it, in a lot of ways. Where Michael Jordan showed a lot of people who had aspirations to be basketball players, like, yeah, you can, you could be one too. Um, LeBron James is like, yeah, you can ball, but you can also exactly. do all this other money too, and get every ounce, <laughs> every ounce of coin that you can. Um. And leave your mark in other ways than just being a basketball player. Like you, yeah, sure, basketball pays your bills, but don't think that. That's and all LeBron uses his that. voice. Like that's the, so that's, and that's the like everybody. I'm not gonna, yeah. you know, uh, hide the other reason why I don't care for Michael Jordan. I feel that out of the, out of the, you know, almost forty years, if not forty years, that his shoes have been on sale. Like the fact that he hasn't, that he hasn't spoke out against like regarding the gun violence for his to buy his merchandise and like and he did like he just in regards to African descent community he just doesn't he he just doesn't speak on it or just say anything or, or even associate with this and a guy asked me like last year he was he said he said that's his responsibility it's associated with your name you know just with the company a company when something happens to a company that's associated with the name, they go out and speak on that. Mm-hmm. They say like, "Oh, it's a devastation to that." You know, either e- even if they're saying they're not associated with it, they still speak speak on the incident. 
I think if I remember correctly, he said like, mm-hmm. you know, everybody buys Jordans or like Jordans doesn't <laughs> have like no color. He said something like that. And I was just something along the lines <laughs> of Yeah, oh, there you go. There you go. And I was just like, what? Which people was like, wait, what that's your response? <laughs> All right. <laughs> and like, like that's what I'm saying. Like LeBron James, mm-hmm. when when the trap when the Trayvon Martin incident happened, everyone and he was the main one, he probably even organized orchestrated it, had their hood had their hoods up and they took that in this picture when they were on the heat. Like he he created mm-hmm. the chain school, like the, the school that he had. The chosen school, like that school, bro. Like mm-hmm. he's making an impact. He's making a difference. He speaks out on situations. Like you have when you're in that leadership, you have that responsibility, I feel. feel. And I know that's mostly because I speak from, you know, I come, like, I was raised by older people and I listened to them. And so, like, in the 80s and 90s, mm-hmm. they brought up the next generation. They felt that even you look back in the 50s and 60s, those pioneers, the people that were African descent, man, like, they, they said, look, we got to teach these people. We got to be a representation. Even if they were in comedy, they still had somewhat of a vocabulary, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, they they knew not mm-hmm. to. They still carried their same way. Like you don't disrespect me or the people that I represent. So like the fact that Michael Jordan mm-hmm. doesn't do that that bothers me. I carry that over to the court. So I'm always like, forget you, Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's admirable. I mean, I respect that because um, that's a uh, it's an interesting position, at least from somebody in his position, um, you know, in his yeah, you know, position, like you know. But um, LeBron president. Um, <laughs> no, 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 not right now. <laughs> no, no. Man, oh, wait for about ten years. <laughs> right? See, see how all the rest of this, see how all the rest of this mess. <laughs> I, I'm gonna be quiet. I'm gonna be quiet now. <laughs> but now, uh, I feel you though, man. Like he's a, uh, he's he's all he has always been one of my favorite man. players to watch. In great the man for sure, Brian. If you listen to this, you're a great man. <laughs> 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 we'll see. We'll see. Oh, it's far going that far. that far. It's going so far that this is going to slap him in the face. <laughs> and he's going to be like, Ooh, I like them. I like them. Bruce Leroy, exactly. Bruce man. Leroy. <laughs> Bruce Leroy. Yo, Who's the master? Show Dude, enough. show <laughs> enough. Oh, my goodness. It's freaking out. Uh. <laughs> Whole another conversation about showing up. Well, so are we in, man? But yeah, man. I think uh, I think that's it, my man. It's a good uh, it's a good seventy-one yeah, yeah, minutes yeah. in so far. Hope everyone enjoys it. So we'll see how this trim, see how this trims down. But ladies and gentlemen, we think that's it for the first one in the books. We thank you. Whatever that random sound is that they be putting in those uh, DJ. <laughs> but um, so yeah, for uh, for 
for me, I appreciate the time, Mr. Bowens. Um, thank you very much for uh, indulging me on this weird yet glorious proposition of uh, drafting a podcast. This likes our we first episode. We, we will uh, forward you the contact information of the person that told us to do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> So true. So true. You can blame them. You can blame them. <laughs> you can blame them for this randomness and all those other people who told me, you know what? You should probably make you should oh. go on the radio or something. Like this ain't radio. When you but this is blame awesome. them for this randomness. <laughs> I thought of randomness in your ear, which mm-hmm. made me think of here's a little flavor in your ear. This this a little flavor in your ear. Yes. Oh, Craig Mack. Mack's a brand new flavor in your ear. There he is. There you go, go out track. Damn. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That could be. Yeah, yeah. You know, I probably should have uh, made a point to mention that the real, that another factor for why we titled this uh, podcast the way it is, is uh, Lupe. Lupe Fiasco. Lupe Fiasco's first track, first album. Had a song called yep, yep. Theme Music to a Drive-By. And it is quite possibly one of my favorite Lupe tracks ever. Lupe. Lupe, the vice president. <laughs> hey, man, Lupe <laughs> the president. I'm voting. That's it. <laughs> like, I don't care what nobody says. Do I really think he's going to run? Absolutely not. Like, if I ever see that dude's name on the ballot, I'm going to be like, is this heaven? <laughs> <laughs> I must be an actual like. <laughs> oh my goodness. But on that note, I think we'll close out by saying peace, peace, peace my friend. <laughs>